We apologize for the audio in this episode. The audio quality will return in next week's episode. Thank you for your understanding. Today, we're going to talk about artists supporting artists. You're here today with Sky Becker Yamakawa and Catherine Moore. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Sky. So, what have you been working on this week? What have I been working on this week? So, this week, Leilani and I, I know we've talked about it before, are getting stuff together to start submitting some art markets, which are coming up in the fall and the vendor applications are opening. So, we're, we've been working diligently trying to get our inventory together, which means we're both creating artwork and we're going to be doing prints and stuff like that. And I'm pleased to announce that the name of our little company is called Polka Dot Raven. So we're going to be having, right? Yeah, cute. We make a little, a little figure and everything, a little logo. So we're going to start that. Yeah, we're going to start launching that within the next couple weeks we're going to get um, some teasers up on our Instagram account and um, we should be launching an online shop hopefully by the end of March so that'll help they'll precede the art markets coming up in the fall if hopefully we can get into some of them so we're pretty excited about that so that's what we've been doing so that's fun how about you Sky? Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, I really, I like the polka dot raven. So you submitted your applications to be in an art market. Like they have the, uh, right. Is that like the LA art fair art market? No, we're, we're going to, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like that, but we're, we're going to do some local ones. We're going to kind of start local and try to get into maybe two or three that are in the Bay area, probably around Oakland or Alameda. If there's one in San Francisco we'd like, we might try to do that, but we were kind of the, we came up with, with polka dot raven. We took forever, like trying to figure out, oh, how do we want to do this? And we, we went through at least like 20 different names that we liked and they were all taken. (laughs) Everybody had already taken. So this, I started writing down, I was like, we want something like we, we do kind of, kind of dark art. Yeah. Also more like physical it's not like super scary we also wanted it to be open to like other things that we wanted to do so we could build on the line so I was just writing down had like pages and pages of like just ideas of like of what to call it and I came up with polka dot raven one night and I looked it up I was like no one has it no one's taken it and (laughs) it's like you know, we come up with something, I don't know, like, like garden or something like that. I can't remember what the other one was. And, and she, oh, oh I kind of, I said, let me, let me sell you on polka dot Raven. <laughs> she's like, she's all what? And, and it was like, well, think of how cute this would be. Like I went through this whole thing. I said, it's like a Raven. We put polka dots on it and it's like, 
because then it becomes like, that's like our branding thing. I took her through it. She's like, you know what? When you gave me the list of stuff, that was the one I remembered. I was like, then that's the one we need to go with. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of one of these things. It's like, it's just, it's just fun. It's quirky. It's cute, but it, and it's not kind of like on the, the creepy side, but not, you know, creepy cute type of thing. But yeah, we have ideas or stuff that I'll be sharing later on, on future podcasts, but yeah, we're both like super excited. We're supposed to bring our business cards in this week. So I'm like, just waiting. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Cool. I'm, I don't think I've ever been to an art market. How is an art market different from an art fair or like a, an art convention or something? I would say that art fairs and art markets are pretty much the same thing. I think it just, I, th- I think it just depends upon what you call it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, don't they have some sort of an art market over in like, uh, I want to say Fort Mason. So it's going to be like in a big building. Yeah. It'll be okay, in a building, other vendors and stuff like there. Yeah. White cubby kind of display area. And then you get to hang your stuff and yeah. show your wares. Yeah. For the one, for the one that, yeah, the one we're applying for right now, I think like we get for the fee, we would get like a table and two chairs, and then we can kind of decorate our space type of thing. So yeah, we, we have some ideas for that, but we're not totally sold on it, but it's, it's like hard. Cause I'm like, okay, they're curating this. It's like, how do we some stuff when we don't have everything done yet? So, but they're only asking for two photos. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> about what you get. So it's, you know, cause it's like, we don't have line presence yet either. So I'm also going to reach out to them and just, Hey, this is what's going on. And maybe send them at least our individual websites. So if you want to see like the type of work that we do, here's what we've done before. So it's going to be really exciting because we've collaborated on this before and we work really well to go get it to like thing. So yeah. So how about you? What are you working on? I just finished a large painting and I'm on to the next somewhat large painting. <laughs> 20, it's a 24 by 36. So it's, it's a little smaller, going faster. Yeah. And it happens to have a giant tiger in it. And I was like, oh, and I, I drew it for like Lunar New Year, like the Lunar New Year. But I drew this, I don't know, like three or four months ago. And the tiger painting has been gestating in my brain for like over a year now. But yeah, I was like, huh interesting <laughs> that's cool that's cool yeah hey so we will be right back to talk about artists supporting artists hello and welcome back today we're going to talk about artists supporting artists Catherine, what does that mean when you say artists supporting artists to you um me that really means I mean, the art community supports each other. And I know like there's, you have your individuals and stuff like that. And I know like we talked about this with Josh Coffey recently about why it's important to support artists. I really feel like when artists support each other, it really helps one, build the community and really love, whether it's through a mentorship, whether it's through just being there for them or sometimes even buying their work 
you know, I have several artists that I know that I own their work, yeah. which is really nice. If, if you can support us, even if it's just commenting on their social media sites or sharing it, that really helped lift them up. And, and it's kind of like the rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. It's like you, we want us, we want that community to be lifted up and to support. And I think, you know, it's around comes around, right? If you support other artists, you're going to get support from your artists. And I think that's really important. Do you have any other thing that you think that that means for you? No, I, I agree. I think that it, I think it's really important that artists help support each other. And there's different ways, like, like you said, purchasing artwork, referring, and it could be little things like liking a post or sharing another artist's work on social media, or if you're working with a gallery and they're looking for another artist, you have somebody to refer, or there's mentorships, and I'm sure there's others, and as well as networking. Yeah, networking is really important. That's another way to support an artist, right? It's good to go to people's shows if you're not in a show. like That you're not in necessarily, but going out there and yeah, showing an artist that you support them and like their artwork. There have been famous artists in the past who have been linked with each other. Some we know about were not as popular. One of them is like Yayoi and Georgia O'Keefe, the mentorship relationship we had discussed in an earlier episode, mm -hmm. as well as the famous Warhol and Basquiat relationship. Right. And it was one I just found about Neil Gaiman and Tori Amos. It was like, okay. That's cool. Oh, interesting. See, I, I, I really love Neil Gaiman and I like Tori Amos, but I, I didn't know what is, what was their relationship? Was I think they're just like friends. a collaboration? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they had collaborated on something. Oh, no, or... I think that, you know, just friends, different types they're of just, artists. There's friends. Yeah. Supporting. And they support each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, I found a study on Artsy called The Study Finds Artists Become Famous Through Their Friends, Not the Originality of Their Work. And I guess they did this huge diagram of discussing the birth of abstraction. And what they found was it the artists who knew more artists were connected to more artists, the more famous they were. And it's not that we're necessarily as artists trying to seek fame, but I think it was a matter of how well networked they were. So they had different ones and it said like Pablo Picasso and Kadinsky were in the middle. They were the most well connected. So it was interesting. And being an artist, you know, we're, we're most of the time by ourselves creating artwork. We're creating a product but we're not necessarily interacting with other people. Or if we do, it might only be with a gallery or with buyers, not necessarily networking with other artists. And that's a very important component of a business. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's like a good way for artists with the networking thing. Like that's sometimes where you get your jobs okay. <laughs> or you get your gigs or something like that. Or I remember like Josh was mentioning, oh yeah, I met, you know, John Chang. And he was like, and I don't take credit, but I told him you need to show in galleries. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like that. And I know my first gallery connection came from my friend Leilani, who when you need to start showing your artwork here at him at Modern Eden. And that's how I got in there. It's really interesting how this knowing artist that you can that's how your career gets started, how you build your career is just being in that circle 
I think that's also important. I remember, I don't know if they talked this when you were in school, but when at school, I mean, that was kind of numbered into, it's like, oh, these are all your peers. And really they push like network because when we go into the world, you know, this is our peer group and this is who we need to network with and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, they didn't push that when we were in school. I kind of wish they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you go to an article or a regular regular university or were you in like I went school? to regular I uh, went to San Jose State oh okay maybe maybe that was the difference I don't know I don't know yeah it could have been and San Jose State has a reputation for being a commuter school mm, okay but they are known for having an excellent art department which was one of the reasons why I chose to go there <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah I mean you can have like an amazing art department and a even amazing art school is I think the art school that I went to, it's, it's, it was all the instructors there were all professional working artists, like happy, a professional working artist in order to teach there. So it was kind of like, it was like having a bunch of different ships and having a professor or something that studied art and is teaching you stuff. So I think not to downplay anything, wherever you can get your education, if that's what you want to do, I think that's important. And you go to where you feel is necessary to go. I think that was just being in that environment that I was in, that was just, I was just wondering if maybe it was looked on that way because you were, that was already the community was the professional artists that were already teaching there. I mean, yeah, networking is just, it's really important. And it's something that I have found in my journey as an artist that isn't always widely accepted or encouraged, but I've learned being in the Valley by other artists as much, but I've seen in the Valley with technical people that they network to help, you know, to help their careers and getting other jobs. And, uh, and I've learned that you need to do that as an artist, (laughs) but it's hard because we don't go to an office space. There's no water cooler. We're just in our studios alone. No, right. Exactly. Our water cooler is standing around a painting at a gallery on a weekend or something. <laughs> right, right. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID. It's been really hard the last couple of years because there's fewer shows or there's a show. Everyone's masked. You still, you know, don't want to get too to people. <laughs> it's just been, it's just bad. I remember the last show I was at, everybody was masked and it's, you're kind of looking at each other from across the room going, think I know that person, but not sure if I am a person because you got a mask up to your eyeballs. <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. I was like, I think that's that person. I really don't know. And I'm too scared to go over to them. <laughs> when when we met in person, texting each other, um, I'm here. What do you look like? I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing a scarf. Yeah. Right. Just like, don't, you only see my eyes. (laughs) But yeah, we we need to stick together as artists. We need to network because that's how we'd be able to grow opportunity, have more opportunities because of what we can create together. And I think even beyond like just networking opportunities and all that stuff, it's, it's, I, I feel inspired when I'm around other artists. Don't you like if you're like if you go to a show or just like spending like an hour talking to like fellow artists, like I go home and it's like, oh, I want to work now. Like I want to create now. So I think that's also equally important. 
or even make you want to be a better artist. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to go home and work my butt off. Right, right. Like, okay, well, that concludes our artist pointing artists. Nick, we will be right back to discuss JC Lidecker and Norman Rockwell. Hello and welcome back. Now we will talk about the relationship between JC Lindecker and Norman Rockwell. So Catherine, can you tell us a little about their relationship? Yeah, really to start, I would tell you that I am a huge, huge, huge fan of JC Lindecker. So I learned about Lindecker when I was and studied illustration and I, we had to take the history of illustration and everything. So anyone asked me like, who are your artists? They nine times out of 10 be an illustrator. So if no one is familiar, look up, up a favor and look up JC Lyonecker. His name is Joseph Christian Lyonecker, who was an illustrator active in the years of 1896 through 1950. He was known for his work, like elegant ladies, rosy cheeked children, and very dapper men. He often used his lover of 50 years. His name was Charles Beach, was often the model for his work. He was featured in newspaper and magazine ads globally. He created the look of what's known as the era. If you have any back then, the early, you know, turn of the 1700s. It was, it was, he kind of like changed advertising by creating these fashion things. And he was such a master at his work. And Rockwell was basically 11 years old when Lion Decker was at the height of his career. When Rockwell went to art school, he was really, he wanted to be like Lion Decker. Like that was his, was his idol. He idolized Lion Decker. So that was kind of their relationship was that. Rockwell just was like this, if I'm going to be an illustrator, I want to be like that. So that was their relationship. Lion Decker was, his work is, was just infamous. Like he was, he was known throughout the country as like, if you want a great illustrator, this is the guy you go to. And it's really interesting. I, I found this out during my research was that I, apparently the the idea or not the idea of, of the story, but the setting for the great gap was actually based on Lion Decker's work, that elegance pop kind of affluent type of look. Lion scared F. Scott Fitzgerald and Gatsby. And I thought that was really cool. No, I didn't know before. So, so Rockwell really fought Lion Decker. He spy on on him yeah. which is interesting so he would on him and like lurk out when he would ask models coming out to try try to find out what his artistic secrets were like how could he be more like Lionheart? so when he he wrote he wrote in his in his autobiography his autobiography rockwell said i would follow him around town just to see how he acted i'd ask the models what did mr dicker do when he was painting did he stand did he talk to the models? What brushes did he use? Did he use Windsor and Newton paints? And I just think that's so funny. Yeah. He's just out there stalking him. And said, so it ended up being it ended up being none of those things. Landecker's secret was really hard work and extremely high standards for himself. So 
Leyendecker would work on a painting for months sometimes. And I sit there and go, man, when I've had illustration, I'm like, get it done in a week. <laughs> this guy would work at it for months. Uh, when when Aqua was finally able to visit Leyendecker's studio, he witnessed like one of those paintings in progress. So he had like this big painting that he was working on and it was on his easel and it was like 95% done. Like he had something like, like a hand to paint left and then like some final details. And it was totally like Rockwell looked at it and was, oh, it's great. You know, and the client would have been completely happy with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. But Lion Decker, he was not happy with it. <laughs> he was like, no, this is not, not quite right. So he actually scrapped it, set it aside and restarted it again. <laughs> this painting that he had worked for months on, <laughs> he restarted it. He was known to sometimes start a painting like five or six times. It was while that version of the painting, the original painting that Rockwell saw on the easel was completely acceptable because of Lion Decker's own standards. He, he just said it wasn't 100% what he thought it could be. So he was constantly searching for that missing 5%, that elusive 5% to be 100%. What it took that, which is really interesting, is that when he started his professional career, when he started illustrating professionally, he had actually painted in gold on the top of the easel 100%. So that was a reminder to himself that he would never give anything less than that. And through that work, he would, he would be at his easel like seven days a week painting and he wouldn't take on as many projects because he would spend so much time his paintings, but he did to be like Lion Decker. And it, he, when I say what, like when he was like Lion Decker, you can actually, if you do a comparison, are paintings that Decker did and paintings that Rockwell did like 20 years later. And you can, where he borrowed like very heavily from Lion Decker, the circle, Lion Decker often used a circle behind his characters or it was the like was sitting or the way he was posed and the way he was framed in a window or something like that. You can I never say that he copied like it was if you put the two paintings side by side, you would never go, oh, that's the exact same painting. It wasn't like that, but you could tell that he was definitely heavily influenced by Lion Decker's work. It's interesting because you sit there and because Rockwell was such a household name, it was like I remember my when I first heard of Norman Rockwell, I was little and my grandparents had tons of Rockwell stuff like Rockwell calendars, Rockwell books. I think they even had like old copies of the Saturday Evening Post, which Rockwell did a ton of covers for. Leyendecker did too. Prior to that, I think Leyendecker did like 322 covers just for the Saturday Evening Post. It was interesting because Rockwell was so revered and so remembered. And I, I, like I was saying, is like most people today know who Norman Rockwell was and, and at least something of his work or know without Lion Necker. Rockwell's work, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been a great artist, but I don't think it would have looked the way it looked. And I'm if he would not have become the artist that he became if it wasn't for his his idolization of J.C. Leyendecker. 
Yeah, and I read that the Marvel show What If on Disney Plus, that the artwork for that animated series was inspired by J.C. Lindecker. Awesome. Now I have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you didn't I watch, watch it. it. I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. I, I was like, I missed stuff. I did. There was a like a short biography about J.C. Lindecker. I think Neil Patrick Harris is playing. It's like a half hour thing about Lion Decker. I'm like, oh, I need to see that. I don't have a channel. I don't have the streaming channel that it's going to be on, but I, I need to see it. Which channel is it on? Do you remember? I, you know, I can't remember. I, I want to say it might be like Paramount or something. I could be wrong though. So don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm going to look it up because I, I do want to see it. Even if it's only half an hour, I'm like, Decker deserves a two hour movie. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to see our art movies. I thought that was really really like an interesting little thing between Rockwell and Lion Decker. Support, support other artists. It's important. Okay. Well, that concludes our episode about artists supporting artists. And um, where can we find you, Catherine, on social media? On social media, you can find me at T and Canvas. And uh, my website is tncanvas.com. Great. And I am at skiesart.com for my website and Skies Art Shop on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also follow our podcast at Off the Isla Podcast on Instagram as well as Facebook. And if you like what you hear and you would like to follow our podcast, please like and follow it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as Norman Rockwell once said, I paint life as I would like it to be. Happy Happy creating. creating!